The Brad Trilling era has begun in Toronto. The Leafs make it a few splashes within the first couple of days of free agency, but are they a better team? We'll discuss all that and more coming up on the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike Stefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Boy, we've been locked in on free agency over the course of the last 48 hours. And early on, Dave, it didn't seem like the Maple Leafs were doing a whole heck of a lot. That all changed uh, Saturday evening when we heard that John Klingberg was going to be signing a contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then day two of free agency, a couple of big-time splashes from Brad Trilliving. He brings in not only Tyler Bertuzzi, but also Max Domi, which has become official about 30 minutes prior to us sitting down to record this here. Uh, a big first couple of days in free agency for the Maple Leafs and Brad Trilliving. Um Definitely bringing in some size, some toughness to this roster, Dave. Yeah, some uh, as Mike DeStefano likes to call it, piss and vinegar. But this is more vinegar, like times like a million. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Ryan Reeves also was was like the first guy who they brought in, who I, I mm-hmm. failed to mention, but that was like the only signing up until I think Klingberg didn't come in until around like six or seven p.m. Like the trade frenzy or the free agent frenzy was already done, gone and over with, and then that kind of slipped in later on in the evening and it was like oh okay the maple Leafs phones do work today well so yeah well it's not the only thing that wasn't working on saturday if you uh were among the many in the industry that did not have a working twitter account (laughs) thanks to mr elon musk that might have been the the toughest day of work for me to try to figure out all these new like this is how much we rely on twitter and this is why i hate that um, we actually resorted back to using emails to get yep. stuff done, but yeah, like yep. it, it was funny because that the Klingberg news came in at around what you said, six o'clock about five, six o'clock, I think around there. Yeah. And it just, it just seemed like out of nowhere that that one happened because of everything that happened beforehand. But yeah, it was such a weird day because of Twitter being down and a lot of these fans just being very upset because Nothing was happening other than Ryan Reeves, and they're just like, okay. Well, not only that, you saw everybody leaving, like Ryan O'Reilly leaves, Luke Shen leaves, Noel Chari leaves. Like, you just saw everybody signing contracts everywhere else, and we'll get to those guys in a little bit where they ended up and whatnot. Um, But it just was funny because Leafs fans are sitting there, and they're thinking to themselves, we would have signed Ryan O'Reilly to that contract. We would have signed Nola Char to that contract. And it just seemed like maybe they just didn't want to stick around in Toronto. And then nobody was signing in Toronto. And it made you think like, oh, no. this, You know what it had, honestly? And even even the, the Klingberg, it wasn't until, I guess, day two, till Sunday, where I started to have better vibes about free agency. But after day one, it kind of gave me 
I don't know if you if you can back me up on this, but it felt like the Brian Burke era. It felt like the Berkey Maple Leafs, where it was like they were just going out, signing truculence, signing guys to long deals that didn't really need it. And then they're like, okay, we need just just need to go out and get a big name. And Klingberg just kind of give him a bunch of money at over four million bucks. And it was like, I don't know how I feel about these two signings. There's got to be more. And then, of course, day two came around and tree living a couple, uh, couple big swings, bringing in Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi. Let me break these down individually, all four of these players. I'd say the biggest one that we should probably start with is Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, One-year deal at $5.5 million bucks and. Look, I think that this was uh, equally beneficial to not only Bertuzzi, but also for the Maple Leafs. You were able to get Bertuzzi at an affordable cap hit, I would say, at about what he's worth for a guy who's established himself in his career. But coming off a bit of a down season, only had eight goals last year through 50 games, but you know was injured the year before and played on two different teams, didn't quite get, get it going between Detroit and Boston. But then the playoffs really started to pick it up five goals through seven games again, 10 points in the seven game playoffs. And Hey, if you can produce in the playoffs, I think most leap fans will, will be happy with that and take that, but it's also the snarl that he provides. And that's the one element that has really been missing from this team's top six in the last few years. Bunting kind of brought that a little bit. He was more of a chirp artist than he was a guy with snarl. This dude, he can he can walk the walk, but he could talk the or he could talk the talk, but he could walk the walk as well. I think this was a home run signing for the Maple Leafs and a good fit on both sides. Yeah, like the two things I thought about here, like I was watching some of the clips of like that, you no, know, the Bertuzzi antics they like to call it. It's the subtleness. Take a guy's stick when he's not looking, you know, kind of pull on a guy or like hit him. It's it's just being a jerk really, and doing it in a way that you're not drawing as much attention to yourself. Like Michael Bunting would draw attention every time he threw a hissy fit. Yes. Right? And the referees do not like that. And that's kind of where that reputation kind of developed for him. Bertuzzi's not like that. And then I saw the plays that he made in the playoffs. There was one goal that he he set up where he was in front of the net, looked like he was going to shoot it, but decides to do like a reverse back and pass. I think it was Pasternak in front or something like that. Like it's things like that, you know, making the better play, playing in those tough areas. And what about the Bertuzzi move that, you know, the gamble that the Leafs took was that they didn't sign anyone, any top six forward on day one. So yeah. you're like, oh, what's left? And you see, like, there's Bertuzzi, there's Domi, and you heard that the Leafs were interested in both of them. So you wonder two things. One, can the can they get them at a decent price? Because now agents are like well, who else are you going to sign? These are the only guys out there that you can really sign. Right. I give Brad Trilliving credit because he didn't overpay. No. Right? 5.5, that's that's a pretty decent deal, especially on a one-year. Like, you know, usually these guys want to get that long-term security. Bertuzzi does a smart thing and realize, if I play my ass off in Toronto on one year, seeing what everybody else that plays in Toronto gets after a good year, I can get something even better and he will still be in a, you know, at an age where he can get a long-term deal. So smart move by both teams, I think, because true living didn't get in on the frenzy where we saw some very ludicrous deals <laughs> and he still got the player that he wanted. I mean, it, it, Brad Tribling paid $1 million more and two years less 
than what Carolina paid for Michael Bunting to get Todd Bertuzzi. An extra $1 million in cap. Todd Bertuzzi is definitely worth a lot more than $1 million, uh, I would say. And I'm I'm a Bunting guy. I'm a Bunting stan. Yeah. We all know that. If you've been following this podcast, you followed me on Leafs Lunch, you know that I'm a big Michael Bunting fan. I like what he was able to do. But that guy wasn't worth $4.5 million. I, I, I said this publicly many times. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi, though, he is worth $5.5 bucks, And he's still at an age where he's in his prime, only 28 years old. Won't be 29 until February. Six foot one, 200 pounds, so he's got nice size. And you just look what he was able to do two years ago. I know this past season, not great, only eight points uh, or eight goals, 30 points, split between Detroit and Boston. But after the trade deadline, when he went to Boston, when he's playing with good players, Detroit, they stunk. But with Boston... 16 points in 21 games through the regular season and then 10 points in seven playoff games. But you just fast forward one year prior, he had a 30-goal season with the Detroit Red Wings. 30 goals in 68 games. Before that, five goals in nine games. Tough season for him, but still, five goals in nine games is a big-time goal-scoring year, I guess. We just think of, you know, per-goal basis, very small sample size. And then back-to-back years, he hit 21 and 21 in 73 and 71 games, respectively. So you're thinking this guy should be able to give you 25 to 30 goals if he can stay healthy. I think health is also a factor for Tyler Bertuzzi, of course. You know, there is always going to be kind of that concern um, with him. There's been a couple injuries throughout his career. But if if he can remain healthy, I mean, that is a big-time addition to this team's top six, whether it's on a line with Matthews or it's on a line with Tavares, however they want to split him up, whichever you know line they decide to put him on, you know, he's going to produce. He's going to be gritty. He's going to go into the dirty areas, go to the corners. He can score goals. He can set you up for, for some goals as well. Um, I think we have the uh, the the Jay Fresh, um, what do they call these? The player cards, I think he calls them. Yeah, so this was one by by Jay Fresh that he put out there. And you look offensively, he's in the 94th percentile in terms of creating even strength offense, 80th percentile in terms of primary assists. So if he's going to be passing the puck to uh, one of Nylander or Tavares or Matthews, I mean, I think that they're, that's going to be a, a good match for uh, for him to be on because there's players, unlike when he was in Detroit, there's players on this team that can finish for him, and those numbers should uh, should definitely go up. So I think that Tyler Bertuzzi is, is certainly a tremendous, tremendous addition for uh, Brad Tree Living at a, at a pretty good rate, too, at $5.5 million. Yeah, I think, uh, the, yeah, there's the obvious concerns of whether he can be a good enough um, defensive player, but I don't think the Leafs really – that really matters too much, depending on, you know, especially if he's going to play with a Marner who – just up for the Selkie this year. We know what Matthews can do defensively too. So I, I just think you got to find ways to create offense, especially in the tougher, you know, times in the playoffs. And he proved, and I know it's his only time in the playoffs, but if you go back to even his career in juniors and even in the AHL, he performed in the playoffs there too, right? He was, this isn't, you know, I think he just hasn't had a lot of, this was his first opportunity to play in the playoffs last year. And yeah. he was, I think he was arguably among Boston's better forwards in yeah, that first sure. round series. So for sure. that says something yeah. for about what, uh, and Tyler Bertuzzi was a late addition, right? He wasn't someone that played with these guys all year long either. So I think having the full year with the, with the Leafs should, uh, should lean a little bit better for, uh, for Tyler Bertuzzi. 
Yeah, so uh, a solid pickup, a solid signing for the Maple Leafs. Uh, definitely make this team tougher, uh, more irritable, and uh, skill-wise, you know, bet- the best option that they've had on the left side in, in a long while. So uh, it's it's great to see Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna be great to see him in a Maple Leafs uniform. Another guy who I'm pretty excited to see in a Maple Leafs uniform. Uh, it'll kind of turn the clock back a little bit. Max Domi, son of Ty Domi, signs a one-year deal with the Maple Leafs as well. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll break down that signing along with John Klingberg and Ryan Reeves. And uh, we'll take a look at where the cap situation is now with all these moves. They're over the cap, but I'll tell you why it's not such a big deal uh, in just a few moments. Before we get any further, though, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors, It's our good friends at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20. You'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 when you spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be the first home run hitter of the evening, all on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morasuti, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. We've got new shows coming out each and every weekday, so make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Leafs podcast, whether up on YouTube or you can listen to the audio-only version wherever you get your podcast. We greatly would appreciate it. Also, let us know in the comment section down below. Uh, you excited about the moves that the Maple Leafs made? Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, Ryan Reeves, John Klingberg all added to the roster over the weekend, let us know. Maybe give us a little grade how you think uh, Brad Living did in his first free agent foray as the Maple Leafs general manager. Uh, we just spoke on Tyler Bertuzzi, who's definitely the biggest addition that they made over the course of the weekend. Uh, why don't we t- chat now quickly about Max Domi, the other player that the Maple Leafs signed on uh, uh, Sunday evening. That also, along with Bertuzzi, is a one-year deal at $3 million. Apparently, he's over in Europe. And uh, wasn't sure if he was going to get the deal signed, if he was awake or not. It was being reported. But uh, I just saw Chris Johnston did report that he is, in fact, awake. And it has been signed, sealed, and delivered. And it sounds as though this is now an official signing. Um, so Max Domi going to be joining the Maple Leafs, a one-year deal at $3 bucks. And let me tell you, this is a player who a lot of people have been wanting the Maple Leafs to go after for a while, not only because of the name on the back, obviously his, his father Ty is a legend in this town. He was kind of the guy that we all grew up loving when you and I first started getting into hockey, like Ty Domi, Darcy Tucker. Like it's a blue collar town, and Max Domi, you know, he's 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 got a little bit of his father in him. He's got that dog in him, and he don't he don't care. He'll scrap you. He'll he'll be a little sob, and now he's going to be able to do that uh, wearing the blue and white, just like his pops. Yeah, and it, it all stems back to the draft, right? Like, I remember when the Leafs, there was all this talk about whether the Leafs would be able to get him, would they move up to dry and go and get Max Domi? I don't know if you remember who the Leafs picked in that draft when Arizona took Ty Domi. 
was sorry, Tom, 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 Tom. Max Domi. This is what, 2013? 2012, I find. Oh, sorry, 2013, because 2012 yeah. was was my uh, Morgan Riley. Would this have been the year that they took one uh, Freddie the Goat? Oh, Leafs legend, Freddie yeah. the Goat. Yeah, Freddie the Goat, 2013, first round pick. There was a while there where that team did not know how to draft, man. Nope. Freddie the Goat, Stu Percy, Tyler Biggs. <laughs> oh, man. But, but hey, they figured it out. They figured it out. They've got some, ended up making some decent draft picks the following season. Nylander, then Marner, then Matthews. And now, all right, they got something cooking. But uh, it doesn't matter. Years later, Max Domi ends up being a Maple Leaf in the middle of his prime anyway. Yeah, and funny enough, I, I mentioned this when we when were talking. Uh, Brad Trilliving was the AGM when the Coyotes made that selection. So oh. he knows Domi quite well. Uh, Shane Doan was a teammate of Max Domi back when he was with the Coyotes. And if I'm not mistaken, Mitch Marner and Max Domi played together on the London Knights. Certainly did. Certainly did. I believe they won a championship together with the London Knights. Nah, actually, maybe not. Oh, they could have. Was that 12-13? Nah, they could have won a championship. 2016 was the year that they won, they won the title. Okay, then no. It was the year afterwards mm-hmm. uh, that they ended up winning the title with Kachuk. Yeah, Domi had already la- had already been drafted at that point. He was a very good junior player for London. I remember that. That's part of the reason why he went in the top 15 when he was selected yep. by Arizona. Yeah, he had his final year junior, 102 points, 32 goals, 102 points. His best year in the NHL. And this is the year that a lot of people look on and are saying, if he can get back to that, the Maple Leafs certainly will get a steal at $3 million bucks. Because you remember that one year when he was in Montreal, 18-19, uh, 82 game season was able to play the whole 82 games, which has not been the case over the last few seasons. There have been some injuries that have been kind of, uh, although I did play 80 games last year, but anyways, 28 goals, 72 points. That's his career high, 28 goals and 72 points. He doesn't need to do that at 3 million bucks, but if he could put up like Michael Bunting numbers, um, at, you know, let's say 20 ish goals, like, you know, 18 to 20 goals and, and, 55-ish points, that's well worth $3 million when you also include the intangibles that he's going to bring in terms of being a, a, a tough, tough SOB to play against. Well, essentially do what you did last year for Chicago and Dallas, right? He yeah. had 20 goals. He had, what, 55, 56 he 40, points? He had 49 points in 60 games with Chicago in an elevated role. Obviously, he's playing with, you know, Patrick Kane and whatnot. But that just goes to show that if he's playing with good players, you know, there, there's a good chance that he's going to produce. So if he's playing, and it's going to be interesting to see where they slot Max Domi. Like, where do you see Domi being best suited in this lineup? Like, I've seen a lot of people, now that everyone's kind of, they, they've got a few signings, you can kind of see what a skeleton roster could look like. He's seen a lot of people putting out their projected lineups. And I see a lot of them putting in Max Domi as like this team's third line center. I'm not sure if I see Domi as a 3C. I, I do see him more so as a winger, in my opinion. I don't know. What's, what's your thoughts on that? I don't I, – I, I never really view – I know Domi did at one point play center in his career, and I guess he must have done – I don't know if he did it while he was in uh... – So they tried in Montreal. It didn't work, so they flipped into the wing. They tried it again once he 
left Montreal and went to Columbus and they flipped him to the wing. So like yeah. it, it really, it, it just has not worked his entire time he's been in the NHL. So why people think all of a sudden he can be a shutdown centerman as a third line guy. I, I just, I don't, I'm not quite buying it. Uh, I know so many people want to see a lot more offense from that three C hole than David camp, but I just don't know if Max Domi's going to end up being that guy. I think he's better utilized on the wings and that's where he's most comfortable and going to be most productive. Yeah. I think that's the better, better place to put him. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I just don't see him as a centerman either just because of the, he, he's not terrible at faceoffs the last few years, but it's not something you, you want him to do. Like when he was in Chicago, he was purely a centerman uh, just based on the numbers I'm looking at here. And he wasn't bad at it. But not good enough where I say, I mean, look, and Chelsea Keith might end up doing this, but I, I think if you want that left wing and then if, let's say you need to move guys around, then you can give Domi a chance at center. The option is good to have, but that shouldn't be the primary option, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're right. I mean, Max Domi, it's, it's versatility. You know what Max Domi kind of is in terms of being the Swiss Army knife for, for, uh, for uh, Sheldon Keefe? essentially they're not the same player obviously but he can kind of do well all right not 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 technically but like in a way that Alex Kerfoot was a guy who he could put up and down the lineup he could play center he could play the wing Kerfoot obviously was a lot more responsible defensively than what Max Domi is but he can be a guy who can play up and down the lineup and both at wing and center so he has that type of versatility just the defensive game isn't quite there. And you could look at the the card if you're watching here on YouTube from J Fresh Hockey. One percent, first percentile in terms of even strength defense. So, you know, he's not he's he's not a very good defensive player. So to suggest that he could play a third line checking role for me, I, I just don't see it. I don't buy it. And that also to make him, you know, responsible to play down the middle. Again, just not quite seeing that happening. Um, but you put him on the wing, I think you'll see a lot more production out of this guy. Um, 82nd percentile in terms of even strength offense over the course of the last three years. And again, look at that assist rate per 60. Uh, primary assist, 95%. So he's he's a good playmaker. And if he can play in this team's top six um, alongside one of Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, or, or Marner, or you know maybe he ends up on a line with you know, Bertuzzi perhaps, but either way, if he ends up in this team's top six, there's guys who can finish and you'll see that production kind of come through with Max Domi along with those intangibles. Yeah. I, 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 that's where I just don't know. We won't know obviously until we see what Shelton Keith does, but I, I just don't think center is they where they peg him right away. And maybe that's, that's what changes when you hear, hear them talk about it. But this just screams he's going to play on the wing. And I, I wish I knew where he played in Dallas. I feel like he was a winger. He was, he was on the wing, yeah. I think he was off the wing when he was in Dallas. But, I mean, he was also productive in Dallas, too. That's the other thing that people, when you're looking at Ooh. the offense, 13 points in 19 games, and that was a good Dallas team. That's playoffs. You're looking at playoffs. That's in the playoffs. Exactly. So, you know, again, production in the playoffs seems to be yeah. the name of the game for yeah. both Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, and that's kind of – what the Maple Leafs have lacked over the last few years. And they also bring that edge, that uh, that jam that the Maple Leafs have lacked also playing in the playoffs. So uh, a couple of solid signings for 
this team, if you look at Max Domi as a middle six guy, I suppose, either a third line or second line winger, just depending on how much responsibility you want to give to Matthew Nyes right away. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, firmly a top six winger, could be a top line guy for the team. They certainly bolstered the left side, which is very bleak when we woke up uh, Sunday. Now, all of a sudden, a little bit stronger throughout uh, on that left side of the ice uh, at the forward position for the Maple Leafs. Uh, they bolstered the blue line as well. John Klingberg was uh, given a contract, another one-year prove-it deal for a guy who had a down season last year, just one year, $4.15 million AAV. What do you make of this signing here, Dave? It's, it seems to be somewhat of a polarizing one in where a lot of people either like it and a lot of people not big fans. Where do you sit? I mean, the Leafs just don't have that like proven offensive defenseman. Not only that, I know a lot of people look at the fact, and I'll bring up the Jay Fresh uh, card for him because I know that a lot of people looked at what Jay Fresh had to say and weren't obviously thrilled with what he had to say in terms of evaluation, basically saying he is a black hole on defense. No, not a black hole. Not, not a black hole. Let, let, let's put this into proper perspective. Um, he's in the zero percentile when it comes to even strength defending in the last three years, which basically means that according to the analytics that he uses for this site, um, for these cards, he's legitimately been the league's worst defenseman in the last three years. That's what this says. So black hole, that might be even a little bit, uh, you know, speaking a little highly of John Klingberg. It's death Valley. It's death Valley on the blue line when that guy's out there again i think last season was tough tough for him and in, in, in anaheim like he basically he's trying to do exactly what he did last year he signed a one-year deal took the money at seven million and basically said all right i'm gonna bet on myself hopefully i can have a good season and uh cash in next year it didn't happen he had an awful awful year with the anaheim ducks ended up um what was he a minus 28 when he got traded by the Anaheim Ducks to the Minnesota Wild at the deadline. Only went for like a fourth-round pick, so they didn't really even get anything out of him either. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, went to Minnesota. His offense ticked up a little bit. Ended up with nine points in 17 games in the regular season at the deadline. Four points in four games in the playoffs for uh, Minnesota. But look, Dave, this is a guy who, you know, early in his career was known as one of the top elite offensive defenseman in the NHL. Like he's a guy who was in the 40 to 50 point range every single season, topped out at 67 points one year um, back in 2017, 2018. And he was a plus 20. No, was he a plus 10 that year? Um, You know, he's gone to the Stanley cup final. It was only what, three, four years ago, 2020, they made it to the cup final. He had 21 points in 26 games. So yeah, the offense is there, and I expect John Klingberg to take advantage of uh, of of the opportunity to create offense here. Not something that we've seen from the Maple Leafs blue line uh, in a while, I guess. Um, probably will end up taking Riley's position on the first power play unit. That's kind of the only way that I see this signing making sense and being worth yeah. four point one million dollars. Is if you know he takes on that that uh, you know that PP one role and he kind of becomes that quarterback on the power play because defensively he ain't it man. And uh, hopefully you just kind of restrict him to offensive minutes, uh, you know, offensive zone face-offs, power play time, 
and you don't you try and limit him in his own end as much as possible. Sheltered, he's gonna have to be sheltered. And for a guy who's making over four million dollars, yeah, don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's gonna kind of have to be the case here for Klingberg. So it's gonna be interesting to see who they pair him up with in that regard um, to make sure that they can you know do that and shelter Klingberg. Yeah, and also like Klingberg, his ad- best attribute is his skating. Like he is a good, he is good with uh, off the rush, and he's good. That's his. That's his skills to break out the puck. So he's gonna have to do a, a lot of that for this Leafs team. Like the Leafs team didn't have a lot of defensemen capable of breaking out the puck or even having a good, you know, ability to distribute the puck out of their own end. That's gonna have to be if he's in those defensive situations. That's good. That's gonna have to be where he does it. Um, I don't know how he is with shot blocking. Um, maybe that's another way that he can improve himself defensively. I, I, I feel like they're going to have to figure out some way for him to be a bit better defensively because I don't know how much they're going to be able to shelter him per se. I mean, they might be able to, if they put him on a pairing with like a, like what a Giordano or like, I don't see him going with Jake McKay. Cause I feel like Jake McKay is going to be more of a defensive guy. I mean, yeah, it could be Klingberg and Riley and you just like strictly offensive minutes and keep Brody and McCabe as your defensive, you know, defensive zone yeah. face off guys. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they work. Uh, like that's, that's the thing for me is going to be deployment of uh, Klingberg. Cause that's, that's a player you're like, I think you're living basically. I know he couldn't fully get going to Klingberg cause it wasn't a fish yet, but it was just like, they needed offense from the blue line. It's it's been shown that if you're not able to create offense in the blue line, it puts a lot of pressure on your forwards, and it makes the lease a little more predictable because teams can collapse down low, and that makes it really hard for you know for your forwards to really get into those high danger areas because your off your opposing team is just going to clog the the front of the net, and that's that's what happened, especially in that second round series against Florida. So just looking at the numbers now, last year, uh, only 22 hits, 46 block shots, and that was in 67 games. Uh, 16, only 16 hits and 86 block shots the season prior. Uh, he's never had – oh, wait, no, sorry. That's not correct. That was uh, giveaways and takeaways. Um, okay, sorry. 84 blocks, 55 hits this season, 77 blocks, 57 hits, 52 blocks, 49 hits. So only twice in his career has he had 100-plus blocks, and that was back in 16, 17, and 17, 18. So, you know, his game has really gone downhill kind of since the pandemic, realistically. The last three, four years hasn't quite been the same uh, defenseman as he once was, I'm not quite sure as to why that is. Um, you know, he's playing 23, 24 minutes a night as a, a young uh, 23, 24, 25 year old. Now he's 30 years old. Doesn't quite look the same. I don't know if, if, if age is catching up to him and it's kind of that, you know, Oliver Ekman Larson effect in a way. Um, but it just seems like Klingberg's game is going the wrong direction. And the Maple Leafs, they're hoping that they can resurrect him a one-year deal putting him in favorable matchups. You play him alongside, you know, superstar offensive 
you know, talented players who just need the puck. Well, Klingberg can get you the puck, right? He's that's it. He's pretty much just a puck moving defenseman. Um, so they're hoping that he does a good job of, of getting those players, the puck so they can do their thing. That's the only way that this is going to work. And we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I'm a little, I'm a little cold on it. I gotta be honest with you. I don't love the deal, but I'm optimistic and, and we'll, we'll see. I would have liked it more in the $3 million range than I do at uh, 4.1, but beggars can't be choosers and yeah. uh, we'll see how it turns out. Okay. Really quickly. Um, Ryan Reeves ends up signing uh, as well. This is the first signing of the day. It's a three-year deal, $1.35 million annually. Uh, your thoughts on big batter Reaver? I mean, three years is ludicrous. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know how how you give a 36-year-old a three-year deal. I guess it's basically this is his going to be one, his final contract in the league. Like, I don't. You would think a one-year deal could have been his final contract too. Like, the dude's 37 years old. He's gonna be 40 when this thing's done. Yeah. So, I, I that was a tough one. The 1.3 million. It just seems like they. You saw what other guys who bring the physicality like uh, Ryan Reeves got in free agency. Like you saw what Garner Hathaway got in Philly. I think it was like what 2.75 or something like that. It was uh, like 2.35, a little less. 2.35. Uh, you know, Achari got, I wanted Achari back and he got $2 million over three years. Um, so it, it just felt like, I don't know if it was as much of like the, like the contract. More so what Ryan Reese represents. You, I don't know if you heard him talking in the media today. Basically saying he doesn't like a quiet room. He wants things to be bumping a little bit more. And he wants the team to be kind of more cohesive. Right? Talking like not having these like clusters of groups. The team should be all together. And I, I feel like that's something that, that you're living. When he says it's the locker room that feels like that's going to be the biggest shakeup that Ryan Reese will bring. I think that's something that the Leafs have been wanting to do for the. Like, see, it just seems like something the Leafs want to address. Now, do you spend one point three million dollars to do that? No, you don't. <laughs> you spend a lot less than that. So, like, well, I, here, I, here, I, here's my question. Here's my question yeah. to kind of respond to that. I know that's not what you're saying. That's what you know is kind yeah. of being echoed by the Maple Leafs. Yeah, but you're going to tell me that Luke Shen and, and Ryan O'Reilly didn't try and do that last year when they came in. Like, what could Reeves do differently than those guys didn't do, who are known as being high-quality leaders in locker rooms? I think Ryan Reeves, if – I mean, I've followed a lot of things he's done and said. He is a different personality than a Luke Sh- like, than a Luke Shen and a Ryan O'Reilly, in my opinion. He is more – he is more outgoing than Lu- – like, Luke Shen's a good leader. Ryan Rowley is a good leader. But the personalities they have is totally different than Ryan Reeves, just based on what I know from from watching him, right? And, like, is that the reason why you go out and sign him? Personally, no. But they felt like there was a character thing that needed to be addressed and that he can help help in some way. But, again, 1.3 is not what I would spend for that, right? No, I'm spending I'm not three years also. Like, no. even, even if they want to bury this contract – they're going to be stuck with a, a like two million, uh, two hundred thousand extra on top of it. I think uh, is is the correct number. Even if they tried to bury it, they can't. Like they're going to have to pay some some money on top of that. If like two years from now the guy seriously can't play hockey, and uh, and they're going to have to bury the contract to try and trade him away, I suppose. 
but that that's that's the only thing. I think if it was a one year deal, much like the other ones, I think okay, whatever, it is what it is. But at three years, it's like, oh, geez, they're gonna have to get themselves out of this contract at some point. I mean, there's a reason why Ryan Reeves has been traded a bunch of times. I think teams realize, oh, this will be great to have, and then all of a sudden it's there, but they're not winning with him on the ice, and it's like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to this guy, to somebody else who believes that Ryan Reeves can solve the problems that a lot of teams have. Because he's been on a lot of different teams, man, in the last five, six years. Uh, but I don't think he's in very high demand by all these teams. They seem to move on from him pretty quickly. But who knows? Who knows? We'll see what ends up happening with uh, with Ryan Reeves as well. I won't... Uh, no discredit the guy. I think he's a terrific dude. Like I, I, you know, in terms of being a personality, hundred percent. Will he keep the flies off of the big boys? That I'm, I'm still, you know, it remains to be seen. I suppose there's one side of the argument that thinks absolutely people won't take liberties, and there's the other side of the argument that says, yeah, they probably still will because it's been happening all around the NHL for many, many years, whether there's a tough guy or not on the roster. So yeah. we'll see what happens. That's going to be something uh, that that we'll have to watch. But I can tell you something: if Ryan Reeves isn't an everyday lineup player, which I don't know if he is, that's a lot of money that you're putting up in the press box for a team that's pretty up against the cap. So, although every single everyone's uncle in the city of Toronto was super excited to sign a guy like Ryan Reeves, I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. I'm not uh, I'm not as overly excited about that either. So. Safe to say, Dave, Dave, day one, I was like, mm, not loving what's going on here. Day two got a lot better with the additions of Tyler Pertuzzi and Max Domi. And uh, there's still a couple more months until we'll know exactly how this roster will end up uh, shaping up. Um, maybe we'll have to do the cap situation tomorrow because we ended up going pretty late on yeah. just detailing uh, all four of these players, which I think is important, man. These are new players yeah. to the team. And listen, that's what we do here on Lockdown Leafs. We give you in-depth quality analysis daily on what's going on with the Maple Leafs when they make four big acquisitions, signings, additions like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to go uh, pretty in-depth on all of them. So we did. We gave you almost 40 minutes of content just talking about these four players alone. Uh, we'll talk about where the Leafs sit from a salary cap perspective on tomorrow's show. We'll also tell you where the former Maple Leafs ended up and who got the bag. The answer is all of them got the bag, even the former, former Maple Leafs and my guy, Pierre Engvall. Uh, I still can't believe it, dude. Seven years, three mil, a seven year deal for Pierre Engvall was insane. Like even I would thought that was absolutely insane, but good old Lou, good old Lou, we'll talk Lou about took the wrong pill that on free agency on day one. He took yeah, he pill. got a yeah, he got a little little uh, horned up on on a couple of contracts there on July one. He was supposed to take the red cap and he took the blue cap. Uh, anyways, we'll tell you all about uh, where else the Maple Leafs landed and uh, the former Leafs that is and the money that they ended up taking and. We'll fill you in on whatever else happens with the Maple Leafs in the next 24 hours. So be sure to subscribe so that you get notified 
uh, when we do post tomorrow's episode, but that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. Again, you can subscribe to the Locked On These podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also up on YouTube and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. We'll be back with another episode for you all tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done.